The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Hello everyone, my name is Juliana Aikin. I'm the host of the Unfiltered podcast and a co-founder of Unfiltered. Today I'm interviewing Luciana Gerard. She's a registered counselor and narcissistic abuse specialist and she will guide us through all the steps necessary to emotionally detach from a narcissist. Drawing from her personal experience of narcissistic abuse in relationships with parents, siblings, partners and friends, along with her extensive study of academic research on narcissism, she's well equipped to help us navigate this journey of emotional detachment. In step one of this series, we examined what we crave in relationships with narcissists and looked at ways to fulfill these needs ourselves. Step two took us through the telltale signs of a narcissist. In step three, we delved into the drama triangle concept and its role in interactions with a narcissistic individual. Step four centered around the tough realization that we can't change the narcissistic individual. In step five, we explored the process of building ourselves up. Step six concentrated on the essential practice of setting boundaries. In step seven, we exposed the hooks narcissistic individuals use to pull us back into relationships and interactions with them for their own benefit. In step eight, Luciana took us through the power games and strategies narcissists often utilize to dominate relationship dynamics. Today's discussion will focus on observing the behaviors of a narcissist from a distance. Together with the previous and forthcoming steps, this ninth step will better equip us to emotionally detach from individuals displaying narcissistic traits. Let's get started. So today is about observing their behavior from a distance. Um, because it's really difficult to observe from a distance when you're emotionally involved. So um, our emotional pain and fear of being rejected just keeps us hooked in. So, and of course, when we're in it, it's really difficult to see what's actually going on. So these are just some, um, some you know, pointers um, to help us detach from them and just to observe from a distance if we can what's going on. Because okay. when, we're in, when we're in it, we just can't see it clearly. So if we can just stand back, take a deep breath, then hopefully we can begin to actually see it. Yeah, just from a distance, we can see it a little bit differently, perhaps. Mm. Okay, yeah. Okay. So I think I've got 12 of these today. Who oh, knows? I think great. it's about 12 anyway, but yeah. So, okay, so the first one then is just gathering evidence for yourself of their narcissistic traits. So are they putting themselves first? Do they lack empathy? Do they have feelings of entitlement, um, excessive attention seeking? These are all pointers um, of they're all narcissistic traits, really. So um, if you can just be aware of that and just notice it and then, you know, don't sit. This is not for you to say to them, oh, you're narcissistic. You know, don't be saying that to them. Oh, you don't have any empathy because that's not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to make it all worse. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, we actually, I just read, started reading one of Elijah's articles. It was like 
20 things that you shouldn't say to a narcissist one is like uh like you are you are selfish or you are a narcissist yeah i know you know stuff like that or things not to do with narcissists and that's like don't expect empathy and because that is one of the main characteristics lack of empathy so please do not expect that and do not point it out and because that is just going to they basically take everything if you would say you know you lack empathy or you are entitled you you just behave in a very entitled way that's always an attack to their character and can cause a narcissistic injury which can be you know either just them doing silent treatment or they can even you know fly into a rage or just you know yeah. become defensive at the very least so and then if you think they are defensive that's not going to be a very fruitful conversation about you know possible change and then i think it's important to know that usually if you give feedback to an emotionally healthy person like hey you just was you you just were very entitled or or you you really like lacked empathy in that situation they would might say like really i'm so sorry can you and can you give me an example so i can you know make sure i don't do that again or i can explain or i can you know somehow you know address it but mm -hmm. yeah then if you compare it to when you give feedback or just call someone out and they are narcissistic it's you know always at least very defensive response and you yeah. know it's yeah there's no self-awareness yeah and it's never going to change them because they are as they are mm -hmm. so it's not going to help even if they did listen it's not going to help <laughs> yeah. so it, just, it gives them more ammunition really because then they can shout it back well you're the narcissist and you're selfish and you you know so they just predict it all back onto you so and mm. yeah i just see it like they're giving it's giving them more ammunition yeah so um yeah it's hard when you're feeling like really angry and you want to tell them the truth and put them right but you know it's just going to make it worse <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um, it brings out the ego in us doesn't it because we want to know this is the truth and i'm right and that's ego stuff again isn't it yeah um, yeah yeah okay so the next one then is observe them from a scientific perspective so this is just like taking notes um of the evidence you know when they're trying to be right they're never they never apologize their entitlement their lack of empathy again and um, narcissistic rage just take notes as though you're taking notes at you know observing monkeys or something i don't know uh, just take notes just for you so that you know that you know on that day this was said or he did this or she did that or whatever um so that you know what happened you know mm. even later on the narcissistic person will deny it all and change it all and no no you were you know you're going mad but mm. you know what you've seen Mm. And I think when into that point, uh, I think it's important to also write down when they are kind of having good days and being kind to you. And, you know, if they are doing great things to you, because then you can, when you put it down, uh, when you write those things down and you date them, you might actually start to see a pattern of, okay, every three weeks they are, they buy me a gift after a full rage episode, you know, or something like you can kind of start to see the cycles and the patterns and then it actually becomes very predictable their behavior because at the same time they are also quote-unquote prisoners of their own um, abusive behavior and patterns and they are like stuck there it's a personality disorder it's very rigid you know 
their world view and thinking and stuff like that. So yeah, when you really date date also those good moments and see how often that happens and do they always happen after a, you know a specific situation or you know yeah. stuff like that. So it really can open your eyes like oh every three weeks or every two months or you know however uh, what how you know depending how long or short the cycle is but. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's also good to see if they're um, breadcrumbing you, if they're giving you a little gift or something, or being nice to you because they want something else. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so maybe the day before they gave you a nice gift or something, then the next day you had to do this. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So things like that as well. Because it's good to write it all down so you can see a pattern. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, they buy you a gift, and then they are like you know, few hours go by, you're like so happy about the gift. And then they're like, you know what, I have always wanted a, you know, a watch, you know, mm -hmm. they just like yeah. throw yeah. it out there. And then you're like, almost feeling like yeah. that I have to now buy the watch for them because they just bought me these, then it's like, yeah, it makes you think like, and sometimes they, you know, might, I feel like I have heard that, you know, they buy you something that's not that money matters when you are giving gifts, but like they give you something like, you know, that uh, the monetary value isn't that much. And then they throw, you know, I would want that, that watch. And then it's like huge difference. Yeah. And then you still feel like you might feel a little bit like, oh, I have to, you know, buy that, even though there's a huge difference. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so um okay so the next so after that then so then number three is make notes on how this makes you feel so for example you know do you feel stupid do you feel that there's something wrong with you that you're flawed that you're damaged that you're mentally ill overly sensitive all of these things are often you know shouted at us <laughs> um so uh, yeah just ha just have a think to yourself how does it make me feel so maybe every time that they have a explosion of rage um are you feeling stupid are you feeling scared just note to yourself what you're feeling okay and why why is this important so well that's what i was just going on to so for the next number four oh, okay. is then ask yourself has this happened before when did you feel like this before so possibly, um, you know, it could be that you've had narcissistic parents or that you've had some people at school um, staff or other pupils. Um, just somewhere along, the, along your life, perhaps you've encountered other narcissistic people. So you might already have felt this way and, you know, then you can look at it yourself and when, what did, you know, what happened? Um, yeah, and just, it's just figuring out why am I feeling like this now? If you felt like it before, then it's probably you being triggered from previous stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just good to think about all of this. Obviously, if you get stuck with any of this, then, you know, phone a counsellor and get talking, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know. So people tend to spend a lot of time in this sort of stage where they're sort of, and I'm speaking like this from my own experience too, that you spend such a long time being with your partner, for example, um, and you have these horrible things and you recognize, gosh, you know, I felt like this before and it's not good. And then you think about your past and but you can't quite figure out how to put it all together. It's like a jigsaw and the pieces, there's just a few pieces missing, you know, and sometimes just a few sessions with a counselor 
can just sort it all into a nice finished puzzle <laughs> you know mm. so yeah so okay so the next one then so number five is there evidence that you are not stupid weird overly sensitive selfish flawed damaged incomplete crazy whatever um try and get the evidence that you are not you know um a lot of um people say oh, you know i keep getting called stupid or um useless all these kind of things so if you can just in your life if you can think of well i've done that and i've done that that shows that i'm not stupid or i did that and that shows that i'm not high, highly sensitive or overly sensitive you know um most of the time i think um that we're just being normal human beings in a nice loving kind way um and often we're criticized for those very things that make us human mm. you know so um, which is really sad so but i think it's really good to be human yeah. <laughs> i like being a human being i like having all my emotions and feelings and even the bad ones it's good it's still a sign that you're alive and mm. you know we're human beings and that's what we're supposed to feel mm -hmm. <laughs> so okay so number six then is make notes of discussions or arguments so that later on when they deny that you know i didn't say that then you can look at your notes and you know for yourself that they did say that or they did do that and again this is not a case of you know proving to them or showing them look i've written it down and i was right and no, this is just for you to know that you are being gaslit and you are not going crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think with the gaslighting, it's so um, it's just so difficult to stay to stay headstrong and know that no, that did happen when they're constantly no, that's rubbish and no, I didn't say that. And you do start to doubt your mind. Mm. You know, it's really difficult to to yeah, just to get through that. Mm, and not just like uh, I think you I think you said that not just what they say but also what you say so they don't have to, they don't they can't kind of deny what you say and word to word because sometimes it's like then you visit revisit that conversation or argument and then they are like uh, you try to you know remember what they say and you remember and then they you know if you get one word wrong or something that's also yeah. like like they they can keep you know use that even that like oh no you're twisting my words or you forget all the essential parts or something yeah like. mm -hmm. uh, okay so number seven then is are they critical but highly reactive when they feel criticized so this is going back to don't defend yourself or, or tell them just know yourself that they're acting like this um, just observe it and it's like validation for yourself but yes they are being highly reactive and yes they are critical but you can't ever you know say anything to them that they'll take it as being criticism mm. so um, yeah I have a lot of clients who complain about that a lot you know I've said they're always criticizing me and then the second I say something to them which isn't a criticism, but they take it like a criticism, mm. you know. So, um, yeah, it's really difficult. Uh, okay, so number eight then, do they really ever show interest in anything that's outside of themselves? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they might offer to help you, but it's often for themselves. So they might offer to, okay, let's, you know, go down, we'll go down to this shop 
um, so that you can buy a nice pair of shoes. And then when you get down there, the shop that they want to go to is next door. <laughs> mm. So, oh, well, I'm just going to pop in here for five minutes. I'm only going to be five minutes. And you're okay. And then, of course, in there and they spend the rest of the day in there because there's stuff that they want to buy or whatever, mm. you know. So I know that sounds like a really silly example, but things like this happen. Yeah. And then when it kind of adds up and it's like it's ne like there is never just that they do something that solely is about, for example, you that and that they don't get anything in mm. return so then small stuff like that when it adds up it's like it is it becomes a kind of big deal that even in this simple situation they couldn't you know put yeah. put their own needs aside for a moment or just focus on you know like me and then usually there is this that you usually put your needs last and focus a lot on them so that balance it's not balanced at all so yeah, yeah so yeah maybe maybe in a healthy relationship it would be like a little bit silly but when when yeah. we are talking about like these types of relationships like i feel like that mm. small stuff when it adds up it really matters absolutely yeah and that's the thing as well because you're right because if you see at the time gosh we've come all the way down here because i want to go to that shop and then we've actually spent the whole day in your shop then they'll say, oh, gosh, you're being so, I can't believe you're, you're being so petty about that. And why do you care? You're making a big deal about it. But you're not, you know, mm -hmm. you're right to feel like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, number nine then is, are you able to have an adult conversation with them? Or does it usually land up as a word salad, leaving you more confused than you were at the beginning? So again, don't be defending yourself. There's no point. Um, just, I suppose, really, there's just no point in trying to have an adult conversation with them. Mm. You know, I'm sure that we've all tried hundreds of times <laughs> to have, look, we need to discuss this. It's really important. You know, we want to, you know, move forward with this. Mm. And okay, so eventually, finally, after many, many, many attempts, they fi you finally sit down together. But then when you actually have the conversation, it just says word salad. It's just a mess of you said this and I didn't say that and blah. Mm. So, yeah, I suppose really the the whole point is there's no point in having a conversation <laughs> because yeah. you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. Hmm. So, okay, so number 10 then is are they controlling? So a typical thing, do they make you feel guilty when you go out to something? You know, again, I hear this all the time. Oh, I wanted to go to something last night, but they wouldn't let me or they made me feel guilty as I was leaving. Um, it's all about controlling. So again, if you can just observe them and recognize to yourself, gosh, this is them controlling me um, or they're controlling something else, they're controlling what I do, they're controlling what I do when I'm out there, you know, without them. <laughs> um yeah just just notice notice it and take a little note of it it's mm. quite shocking i think when you do these things and then you realize then gosh this is true this is quite narcissistic and you know the more you notice it and note it down it's it's quite a shock mm -hmm. for many people you know so i suppose at the beginning you just think oh well i'm just imagining it and maybe it's just me and you know you don't think it can actually be happening to you but it's sadly it's quite common mm. 
So, um, yeah, I suppose all these things are just ways of validating your feelings and validating your thoughts on it all, that you're not going crazy and you, you know, you're right, unfortunately, you know. Um, okay, I've got two more, I think. So number 11, do they show true empathy? Is it actually real or are you perceiving it as empathy? <laughs> so because we're, so, if, if the other person, I'm sure they are, are like very empathic and nice and kind and caring, compassionate, mm -hmm. then it's automatic that we just think, oh, well, you know, they were just having a bad day or, oh, it's not their fault. And, you know, um, so we imagine if, you know, if we're, I don't know, telling them the very sad story and they don't quite act in the way that we would think is normal, um, then we sort of make excuses for it and oh well, you know, they're just having a bad day or something. But actually was, you know, is there empathy there? Mm -hmm. Was it real? <laughs> or are you just thinking it's real? Um, yeah. I think that can be a real shocker as well when you realise, gosh, they can't empathise with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a fundamental part of being a human, isn't it? To empathise with one another and feel somebody else's pain. So um, it's a shock when somebody actually can't. <laughs> they might be saying the right words even sometimes, but they're not, they're not feeling it. You know, you can sort of, you sort of notice that something's not quite right. And even if they've said the right words, but you're still like, oh, it just didn't didn't feel right. Mm. Okay, so the last one then is, are they often seeking attention? Um, are they irritable if you give your attention to somebody else? Um, are they jealous if you're giving attention to others or to a book or to a TV program, whatever? Um, are they just constantly craving for your attention? Because that's the bit I think that's so draining <laughs> that they're constantly like, oh, like a little toddler, isn't it? Mommy, 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 wow, you know, all the time. <laughs> um, and there's no escape, even if you, you know, go away, they're still knocking on the door. Can I come in? <gasps> you know, so yeah, just constantly, constantly have to be the centre of attention. So if, you, if you're noticing that with your partner or your friend or whoever, just again, take a note of it, write it down, that you tried to leave, you tried to go out and have a cup of coffee somewhere, but they followed you or they, came, they appeared in the cafe, I don't know, mm. yeah. or they were phoning you. Yeah, uh, I think like sometimes, uh, you know, even let, let's say silent treatments, that is them ignoring you, but that is actually very attention-seeking behavior in a way. It's like, you know, they are showing, like being very passive-aggressive, like let's say they are very silent, using silent treatment on you, but then going to do dishes and very loudly. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like passive-aggressive and, um, you know, doing small stuff like that, not talking to you, but then you know, I don't know, walking around the house, like very, like angrily and, yeah. you know, just, uh, it's all, all the time, you know, notice me, but I'm not going to notice you. Like you are yeah. heir to me. Like, and then if you ask what's wrong there, they don't, they don't say anything to you or, but, or they're like, what, what are you talking about? And then it's uh, danger, like 
to engage into again a very meaningless conflict that won't take you to anywhere but yeah like if someone is like well they just they don't notice me at all that can also actually be a very attention-seeking behavior in a way that they want you to ask them what's wrong or they want you to become uncomfortable or you know be feel uh, bad feel bad in, yeah yes exactly and that's what i was just going to say because it really if you can be aware of how you're feeling when all this is going on mm. because like like you say if they're not talking to you and they're stomping around making <laughs> a noise doing the dishes but really angrily and noisily then mm. you're maybe sat in the living room maybe your stomach's doing somersaults maybe you're feeling really anxious maybe you can hardly breathe mm. maybe you're panicking terrified of what's going to happen next i don't know what's going on with you feel it try and feel and then again look back has this happened to you before you know where you like this as a child perhaps mm. yeah so it's how their behavior and their silence it's the effect it's having on you you know um and yeah and just to be aware of that because if that really is causing you such anxiety and stress and <gasps> terror of what's going to come next um that's really not good for our health is it to no. be in such a traumatized state it's not good no mm. yeah. So, um, yeah so it's one thing being aware of their behavior but also be aware of your what's going on inside when this is all going on um yeah because you are very important obviously mm. so um, yeah so i think that's it um yeah that's it okay yeah so, so observing their behavior like uh, helps in 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 first of all detaching and when when you do all right and even if you are not yet detached and you start to observe their behavior it really you know it it uh, overall it is helpful whenever you are uh tell i feel like it really helps in in this confusion and feeling that you don't know what's going on and what's happening so yeah. becoming this scientist and yeah you know, just and not it, noting everything yeah it is just about that gathering evidence as proof to you you know there's proof already but you just haven't really been aware of it properly mm. so actually if you're observing the behavior writing it down then you have proper solid proof that happened they said that i said this and that's that yeah and of course be careful where you store this information <laughs> so if you're writing it on your phone then great as long as it's you know finger you know whatever it's called um, yeah. sensitive, um or on your computer or whatever i don't know just store it carefully because <laughs> yeah. what you don't want is them to find it <gasps> that would yeah. Be bad. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly okay yeah thank you um this was again very helpful and uh one uh you know uh, one one of the important steps of our series anyway so i i want to thank everyone for listening and thank you luciana again so much for coming coming here and sharing this insight with us it's uh really appreciated thank you okay thank you <laughs>
Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you in the next episode.